Good morning, everyone, and welcome to day 17 of Lent. We are on Friday of the second full week of Lent. And that means by this time next week, this time next week, we will be, uh, um, yeah, we will be over halfway through Lent, believe it or not. So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome that we're getting there so, so quickly. Um, today is Friday. So if you are able and if you get a chance, I would recommend, um, I would recommend getting to Stations of the Cross, the Way of the Cross, if you're able to. I know many parishes offer it on Fridays. Our local parish actually offers it on Wednesdays, so um, so we've already done that this week. But like I said, if you're able, um, I highly recommend it. But anyways, we will once again go through our meditation from Meditations for Lent by Bishop Jacques Bossuet. This book is from Sophia Institute Press. And this um, meditation will go up on YouTube, on Spiritus TV, on all the different audio podcast apps. So we will get started. And like I've done in the past, I'll throw up an image on screen. There won't be anything to watch. All you have to worry about is listening and meditating. And we will get going. So give me just a moment here. Okay. Day 17. Week 2, Friday. The Wicked Tenants. Hear another parable. Matthew 21, 33. He speaks to us as well as to the Jews. Let us listen then. Let us see the entire history of the church under the simplest figure imaginable. There was a householder who planted a vineyard. Matthew 21, 33. It was David who sang of it. Thou didst bring a vine out of Egypt. Thou didst drive out the nations and plant it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Psalm 80, 8 through 11. Here's something even clearer in Isaiah. My beloved, that is my anointed son, the Christ, had a vineyard on a very fertile hill, and he planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it for those who would care for it, and he hewed out a vine vat, a wine vat in it. Isaiah 5, 1 through 2. These are the very words of our Savior. He led it out to tenants. Matthew twenty one thirty three. He committed the tending of it to the priest, sons of Aaron, and to the doctors of the law. He sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. Matthew twenty one thirty four. I have sent to you all my servants, the prophets. Jeremiah thirty five fifteen. In the morning and the evening, to warn the princes, the priests, and the people that they ought to give to God the fruit he expects from the tending he had given to his vineyard with the law and the sacred scriptures. Instead of listening to the prophets, they persecuted and killed them. Matthew twenty three thirty four. Which of the prophets did not your fathers persecute? St. Stephen asked them. They killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, 
whom you have now betrayed and murdered. Acts 7.52 This is just this is just what Jesus reproaches them for in this parable. After all the prophets, he sent his son, Christ himself, saying, They will reject my son. Matthew 21, 37. He had what he needed to make himself respected. His admirable doctrine in his miracles. Nevertheless, they dragged him from the vineyard, from Jerusalem, onto Calvary and they had him brutally slain by the Romans. We should marvel at the way that Jesus boldly challenges them with this parable, revealing their schemes, what they will accomplish in just two days. Should they not have been moved by his discourse? And all the more since the Savior placed their very crime so plainly before their eyes, so that when he asked them what the householder would do in that case, they were constrained to respond. He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants. Matthew 21, 41. Which he then proceeded to explain, saying, The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation producing the fruits of it. Matthew 21, 43. This is indeed what soon happened, as the apostles told them. It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken first to you, since you... Since you thrust it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set you to be a light for the Gentiles. Acts 13, 46, 7, Isaiah 49, 6. Let us not mistake our Savior's purpose. Since we are the nation he has chosen to bear the fruit of his word, let us be fruitful in good works. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Galatians 5.22 These are the fruits we must bear, and not the works of the flesh that bear the fruit of death, which are immorality, impurity, enmity, strife, drunkenness, carousing, and the others that St. Paul lists in the same place. Galatians 5.19-21 through 21. Otherwise, the kingdom of God will be taken from us as it was taken from the Jews, and another will seize our crown, Revelations 3.11. For if if God did not spare the Jews, who were the natural branches, neither will he spare you, Romans 11.21. This was the great sadness of the Jews, to see the crown that had been destined to them placed in the hands of the Gentiles, when, as the Savior said, many will come from east and west and sit at table with Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. Matthew 8, 11-12 For they will see the place that they should have had, the crown that they should have worn. They will see their place filled by others, and their crown on other heads. Then they will cry futile tears, and they will be enraged to the point of grinding their teeth. Listen, Christian, Read your destiny in that of the Jews, but read it and listen in your heart, and do not allow so clear a parable to be unheeded. O my God, you have destined this crown for me. Let me quickly wrest it from your hands. It will not perish, for you know to whom you have given it. You know your elect, 
and the number of them will be complete. Place me among the number of those who will not lose their crown. There is the meditation for today. And uh, while it just absolutely destroys the whole notion of dispensationalism, (laughs) I mean, just bam, right out of the water. Um, But besides that, um, yeah, it makes a good point. You know, I think, um, I think so much of the time when we, when we read the gospels and we get to the point where the, where, you know, Jesus is before Pilate and the Jews are, you know, yelling for Barabbas to be released and they're, they're yelling, um, yelling for Jesus to be crucified. I think sometimes, I think we know we should place ourselves in that crowd, right? I think, I think we know that that, that we're meant to see ourselves in that, you know, that, that most of us, you know, you know, realize that, yes, obviously the Jews with the help of the Romans did put, put, put Christ to death. But, you know, so there is the fact that yes, the Jews did kill Jesus, but also that, that we are responsible for it too, with our sins, obviously, and that it's really the whole of humanity that is responsible for the necessity of Christ's death. But at the same time, um, uh, even if we know we're supposed to put ourselves among that number and see ourselves in that crowd, I think a lot of us still, at least at a deeper level, pridefully remove ourselves from it. You know, even if we um, tell ourselves consciously that, that we are really part of that crowd, I think a lot of times we still set ourselves above it. And Bishop Basway here does a, a great job of showing that, that yes, because of their, their actions and their rejection of, of God and then, you know, and of Christ that yes, the Jews did lose their place as, you know, as, as the elect in the church now has that place. Uh, but Bishop Basway reminds us very clearly that just, as the Jews lost uh, their status and their crown, we can lose ours. And of course, Bishop Oswey is not talking about the church as a whole. Obviously, you know, we believe in the indefectibility of the church. And, um, you know, no matter how close it may look like hell will prevail over the church, we know that, of course, the gates of hell will not, um, will not prevail over the church. Uh, it might look really close, might get really close. I know it sure looks that way today. But we know that the church is indefectible. But we ourselves, as individual members, may certainly have, um, may certainly lose our crowns, may certainly lose our status as as the elect, so to speak. So that's a good good reminder for that. Um, that's another another thing that I love about stations is is especially any any parish or. Any parish that uses um, Saint Alphonsus's meditations on the way of the cross, Saint Alphonsus does such a good job of, of putting putting us in those scenes of, of making you put yourself in those scenes, um, 
in just putting ourselves in the passion as, you know, really the antagonist against Christ. So something to meditate on on a Friday of Lent, that's for sure. Anyways, I hope you are finding these fruitful. Also, I'm uploading a large video file from last night's stream at the same time, and I really hope that upload is not screwing up this connection and that this turns out well and you guys can all hear me clearly. So, anyways. <laughs> anyways, thank you all so much. Um, I hope you have a great Friday and have a great, great weekend. And, of course, I'll see you again tomorrow morning.